I love that. That's a good, good song of praise for today. Well, we greet you in the name of Jesus. We thank the Lord that you're here and that you've had a blessed week and you're healthy and not in jail or anywhere else in the hospital. You're all right here with us. Amen. And that's the goodness of the Lord. Uh, I want to start out our, don't forget, Wednesdays, uh, our prayers, we have prayer service here at 630. Sister April uh, leads us there. And then we have church at 7, so plan to be here. It's good to be here. It's just as good on Wednesdays as it is Sundays, and you need to. The Bible says to fail not to assemble thyself in the house of God. And uh, so we might want to keep that in our remembrance bank. Amen. Um, also, don't forget uh, to check your calendar for all our needs. And uh, if you notice in the bulletin this, uh, this Sunday, we have items needed for the food pantry. We've put them now in the bulletin. So when you go home, you have it on paper and you can go to it for reference. Amen. Sometimes I look at the board out there and I couldn't remember what was on the board. But if I have this, I can remember. Amen. So praise God. That's just a little new convenience uh, for the church family uh, for you to uh, uh, to look at. Amen. And uh, don't forget, today is Communion Sunday. Amen. So be in prayer about that. And today is our tithes and offerings. That's Pastor's Love Offering. It's the first of the month. And we want you to know how much we appreciate the, the offerings that you blessed us with. I mean, we... We're humbled by it. It's not really necessary, but we thank you for it, and we we pray that God blesses you back for whatever you might give. Amen. Uh, next Sunday is fellowship, fellowship and food. Let me tell you, these girls can cook. Amen. And uh, we had some of that last night. We had a wonderful time last night. We had the ladies' meeting, and we had fun, food, and fellowship, of course. And uh, we did our bags for the homeless. And uh, it was a wonderful time. And all the ladies did their part to take home some bags. And Sister Lisa has extra bags. If you didn't get in on that part, and you would still like to give out some. Talk to Sister Lisa after church. Amen. And so I, I believe I'm finished this. Oh, I told the ladies yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Pastor and I were here, uh, and he was walking the property. And I was standing with him, and I was murmuring and complaining because I wanted to go to the car. I, mur- I murmur and complain, people. I had to repent, and I'm sorry about that. But anyway, I, it was cold and windy, and I just had a vest on, and I was cold. And so I, uh, 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 this is just part of the job, I guess. So, so in the meantime, we're standing out in the middle of the parking lot discussing footage. I don't know, you know, that's you guys' job. But anyway, I think I'm his soundboard, you know, when it comes to things like that. He wants to hear himself speak to somebody, not the air. <laughs> like most men. <laughs> that's why us women are here. Okay, now, we, while we were there, uh, this lady pulled in, in her car. Her name was Carrie. And uh, she had an elderly lady with her. Her name, I think, was Miss Sherman. Okay, I'm sorry. Miss Sherman. And uh, she has been uh, drug addicted. She was 60-something years old. She's been drug addicted for her whole life. And Miss Carrie was taking her to uh, a treatment. And she had stopped and got her ice cream, and she got it all over. And, and she got out of her car, and she asked if we had any kind of napkins or anything that she could use to clean Miss Sherman up before they got to treatment. 
And so we got her some wipes, and uh, she took it and cleaned her up. But we got to minister to Miss Carrie and pray for Miss Sherman. And so I got embarrassed and ashamed of myself for being ugly and murmuring, complaining uh, to the Lord. And uh, we got to minister to her. We got to pray for both of the ladies. We invited uh, Miss Carrie to come. Uh, this is her job is taking care of people who go to treatments and such, I guess. So I wasn't really clear on that, what her job is. But her sister lives over in this neighborhood. And uh, so we asked her if she had a church, and she said no. And we invited her to come and, and uh, be with us. So remember Carrie and Miss Sherman, all right, in prayer. And, uh, okay. and our scripture for today is found in Psalms 34. And we're going to go 15 through 19. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from earth. Remember that. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Don't ever think that he doesn't hear every pain that you have or feel every pain that you have. And the righteous cry, and the Lord healeth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as of a contrite, contrite spirit, which means remorse by guilt. So, and then many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of all of them. It, you, you may need deliverance, and it may not coming just as you think it should be, but he knows. He knows the heart and the intention of every soul. And he cares about you. He careth for you. Amen. And we, we have so, such a precious God. Such a pre- he, he spoke to my heart the other day. I, I was reading something. And he said, Barb, remember, I'm the Alpha and I'm the Omega. I started this and I will finish it. No one else, no other country, nobody else. The Bible says we'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but God's in control. So whatever you hear or get bothered by, don't, because God's in control. He's going to end this. He'll do it his way, just like he did in the beginning. He'll do it in the end. Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's good. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you that you are the great almighty God. We thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We thank you, Father, for each and every soul that's here. We pray for those who are coming, Lord. We call them out. We call them to come here from the north, the south, the east, and the west to take up their rightful part here in the ministry at Hope Through Grace. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor. We thank you for the anointing of God that rests upon him. We thank you for supernatural wisdom and knowledge. And we thank you, Lord, that we're going to have ears to hear and a spirit to receive the true and written word of God. Father, we thank you for our children and grandchildren. We thank you for Psalms 91, our prayer of protection. And Psalms 121, 7 and 8, you'll bless our arrivals and our departures. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are and what you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Good morning. morning. All right. It is uh, February. Happy February. First Sunday. 
If we get a couple ushers to come up, we'll be receiving a love offering for the pastor here in just a moment. But as they come, I'm going to share some breaking news with you. This is exciting. We got breaking news. We need a little sounder. Beep, 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 beep. All right. And this is good news because it's true. See, you don't always get this everywhere. But in 2023, right, this year, did you know in terms of days, February is going to be the shortest month? There you go. And you're alive to see it. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's good. So, yes, praise God for that. All right, we are going to take up the offering, though, first Sunday offering. So this is a love offering for Pastor and his wife. We appreciate everything they're doing, and we want to uh, continue to lift them up in prayers as well, of course. But everything today, um, if it's not marked on a check or on the envelope, will go towards the pastor. And if you're watching online, there's a, a give button on there if you want to give as well, and you can choose the funds up there as well. So do that, and let's all pray this morning. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just to gather together, God, and to uh, give in in, uh, this way, God, to worship you. We just want to praise you for this opportunity, and we just uh, pray that you'll continue to anoint the pastor and his family, God, that you'll be with them, watching over them, directing them, God, and all their steps, and and, uh, just help them to see you clearly, God, and we just pray that you continue to speak through them. In your name, we pray these things. Amen.
abides with you every step of the way. His word tells us that we would do greater things than he did, and that's because of his spirit in us. And we are the echo of Jesus. That's what we are to be, the echo of him. In Jesus' name, amen.
to worry now that I know everything I need, he's got. There's honey in the rock, amen.
a little bit longer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to sing uh, that verse again, Lisa. That verse again that you sang there just before the uh, chorus there. Before I've tasted? Yes, yes, yes. For I've tasted and seen yes. your goodness. Have you done that? Yes. Have you been there? chorus there. It's just a just an anointed song, an anointed time for you. Sometimes we just need to take a breath and just intake everything that God wants us to have. Praise God. Hallelujah. For I've tasted <laughs> your oh, glory. And so good. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, ladies. Wonderful job. Wonderful job. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God for the anointing. Amen. Because without the anointing, there's not much there. It's just a song. It's just a sermon. It's just something we say or something we do. But the anointing makes all the difference in the world. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Before we get into the word this morning, you can keep playing there, Lisa. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, could you give me some sound on this mic right here? Testing one, two. Praise God. We're going to have Brother Joe come this morning, and he's going to give a testimony on uh, a healing testimony. How many of you know those are good? Not only does God save us, but he, what? he also heals us. Good morning. Uh, chronologically, I, I don't know. I don't have any sense of time or distance. But some, some time back, whenever I would turn my neck, and maybe it's because I love it. I would get a huge pain down real bad. And uh, when I would lay down to go to sleep, these two little fingers would fall asleep before I did. I don't know. 
know if Pastor has a direct uh, conduit to the Holy Spirit here, but uh, I asked him if he would pray for some healing on my neck. I have x-rays and all that stuff. This was depressed, pinching the nerves. Uh, they sent me to therapy. Did no good at all. I expect to think it's going to be surgery until uh, Pastor here prays the uh, Holy Spirit to come down on me and it may be better, may be good. I, don't, I can't explain it. The Holy Spirit is definitely here with us and they even, I'm a sinner and it didn't matter. They still fixed me. But it won't fix my golf game, right? Thank you. Thank you, Brother Joe. But at least when he's playing golf, he can move his neck now. So he can see where the ball's going. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Joe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you, Lisa. What a great job this morning. Amen. Welcome to uh, Sunday morning, Communion Sunday, first Sunday of the month. We're excited to get into the Word and what it says about our blessings. So uh, they're going to put up on the screen here what I'm going to be talking about today. But before, you know, while they get that ready, and before I get into the uh, Word here this morning, whether, whether we all know it or not, there is a purpose. Everybody say purpose. There is a purpose for your life. Now, whether you have found out what that purpose is, whether you're still looking for that purpose, I want you to know that God not only has a purpose, but he has a plan, and he wants you to pursue it. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And he wants you to pursue it. So when you find what your purpose is, not mine, I know what mine is. You need to find yours. We're all different. And there's not one purpose greater in here today than anybody else's purpose. You're all important to him, your purpose. You're, you know, maybe you've ever asked a question, God, what, what's my purpose in life? What do you have for me? Well, there are times when you need probably to get alone, to pray, to read, and begin to ask God, God, what is my purpose? Not only what is my purpose in life. You know, Barb told us, told me a long time ago before we ever got saved. She said the only thing she ever wanted in her life was to get married, find a good husband, raise her children, and live a good life. That was her purpose. She didn't ask for anything else. And thankfully God sent me to her. And I'm still helping fulfill her purpose. As well as she is continuing to help fulfill my purpose. And along the way we've encountered many other things that we have a purpose for. Folks there is a purpose to live. There is a purpose to be alive. There is a purpose that you're here this morning. It's not just because you've been coming here 30 or 40 years. I'd like to think that you have a purpose for being here. Finding out what that purpose is and then getting a hold of that purpose. Amen. 
and then going forward with it. So I'm, Barb and I are praying for you guys all the time. So when you find out that purpose, God will give you a plan. Okay, God, how can I bring that to pass? You know, uh, many things you might have to do. You might have to prepare for college. You might have to prepare for grade school. Or you might just have to prepare by praying and asking God to send you the right mate. But you need to have a purpose. You need to have a purpose for each other. Our purpose together is to make each other as better than we, as best as we can for each other as a husband and a wife. And that ought to be every husband's goal in here is to be a better man to your wife than you were yesterday. And you wives need to do the same thing. I need to be a better wife to my husband than what I was yesterday. Or if you're single and you're not married and you're living alone or you're a single mother, there is a purpose in your life. And you know who's going to stand with you through that purpose? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will always be there. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to share your word. So thankful that it's Communion Sunday. We get to break covenant with you today. We get to partner with you today as we have with this church. So, Father, we we give you praise. We give you glory. We speak to those who are here to open up their hearts as well as their spirits and receive your word with love this morning. Receive it with an open heart. Receive it with a hungry heart. Receive it with a wanting to understand more about you so that we could understand our purpose. If you would, let's go first to 1 Corinthians. I want to use this as a text this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through verse 25. Now, this is a very, uh, very familiar scripture. But what we're talking about today is what's the purpose? What's the purpose of communion? Why are we taking communion today? Why are we partaking of something that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old? What's the purpose? You know, there ought to be a purpose for everything we do. There ought to be a purpose every time I stand behind you and come up with a title or come up with a message. There ought to be a purpose behind it. And that purpose is always most definitely to deposit into the hearts of believers God's living word. And if God's word is alive and we receive his word, what does that make us? Alive with God's word in us. Glory to God. Look here in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 23. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul starts this right here. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do as often as you drink it, why? In remembrance of me. He wants us to remember why we're doing this. What's the purpose of communion? 
Well, like, like an, an, an example, uh, here in the United States, we, we build monuments to remind us of some of the great things that's happened in our country. It's like God's wanting us to remember some of the things that he has done and why we're doing them. But, but as I was looking at this, I, I, I began to think of the monuments that we built here in the United States of America that uh, are trying to portray, trying to get us to remember how we were established. And, and, and I thought of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, why? Well, the Statue of Liberty, I, I, uh, I have never visited there. I've always wanted to visit Ellis Island. I've, I've flown over the Statue of Liberty and that flame standing tall, you know. Uh, actually, the Statue of Liberty was a gift from the, the country of France. But I wanted to look at the inscription that was on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. I knew part of it, but I didn't know all of it. So I had to refresh my memory. And this is what the inscription says on the bottom. It says, give me your tired. Give me your poor. Give me your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse from your teeming Sure. And I, I could understand the first part of it where it said, uh, give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. But I looked at the last part of that where it says, the wretched refuse. And of course, you know what refuse is. To someone, it's trash. But the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, no. What Lady Liberty was saying was, give me all those people that you don't want. The wretched refuse. And then I looked at the last part of that and it said, of your teeming shore, or from from your teeming shore. And I looked up that word teeming and it, it just blends right along with what our country stands for. And the Lord spoke this to me and he, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I believe he said it to me. He said, allow us to give birth to those that come. You know, that inscription on the bottom of Lady Liberty. Give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses yearning to breathe. Those that you don't want, send them to me and allow us to give birth to them. That's what America stands for. I said, that's what the United States stands for. Whatever your beliefs are on how people ought to come in, It ought to be very easy to understand. There is a law. And if we will abide by the law, we want anybody to come. No matter what you are, what your background, whatever you are, whoever you are, we want you to come. Now, isn't Jesus the same way? (laughs) Isn't he the same way? Give me your tired. Give me your poor, your huddled masses. All those you need to come to me that nobody wants, and you allow me, and I'll give you birth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a purpose. Everybody say, I have a purpose. Well, there's also a partnership. Communion means partnership. Partners coming together in relationship, sharing with one another. What do you think the ladies did last night? They didn't just come and, and, and what a great thing they did, putting all those bags together for the homeless. But what did they do? They came as partners. 
They came to fulfill a purpose. They came to fellowship with one another. Can you say amen? Communion, listen, this communion symbolizes our relationship with Jesus. Every time we partake of communion, in a sense, we relive the salvation that God has brought into our life. How many of you remember the day you got saved? Oh, glory. What a day. Many, some of us many, many years ago. Others may not so many years ago. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, then today's a great day to come and ask Him to come into your life. Amen? <laughs> we are reminded of what this stands for. We're reminded of its cleanliness. We're reminded of its wholesomeness, its freedom, its joy and peace. And it's all possible because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Look here, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Glory to God. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and uh, get over there. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. I tell you, they're getting good on those things back there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 9.22, it says what? And almost all things are by the law, what? Purged with the blood. Listen to this. And without the shedding of blood, there is what? No remission. Everybody say no remission. In other words, it's impossible for you to come to the Lord Jesus Christ And accept him as your personal savior and be born again until you realize it's because of his blood. Everybody say his blood. His blood that was what? Shed on the cross of Calvary. Glory to God. There's also participation. Unless a person has partaken. You've allowed him. You've you've partaken. See, Christ is now a part of you. Christ is now a part of who you are, your home, your life, your speech, your actions. Christ ought to be all over you some way in your person, in your home, when you're driving in your car. It's participation. Unless a person has partaken of Jesus Christ in the realm of redemption, you needed to be redeemed. I needed someone to stand up for me and take my part. My big brother Jesus Christ did that on the cross of Calvary. Unless a person has partaken of Jesus Christ in redemption through the new birth, you folks, I want to tell you, you must be born again. There has to be a new life take place that was there because of the old man that used to live there. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Uh, the, and the person of redemption through the new birth, his or her participation. You've got to participate in that. You've got to be a part of what he's doing. Amen. Just like communion. You participate in communion. And there's, more, there's nothing more wonderful, can you say amen, than what we have that we're going to partake of today. But listen, as I read that to you again, unless a person has partaken of Jesus Christ. You've asked him. In redemption through the new birth, his or her participation in communion is nothing more than a religious ritual. Unless you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, all this is is a ritual. doesn't mean anything. 
Doesn't mean anything to an unbeliever. Doesn't mean anything. Glory to God. Taking communion out of religious duty without being born again is like playing on a team without really being a part of the team. Winning teams, ever say winning teams. <laughs> winning teams share in victory when they come together in union and harmony. And they focus on one understood goal, and that is what? To win. To win. That's why I ever got on a team. I didn't join the team and say, oh boy, I'm looking forward to the time that we lose. No. I'm a winner, and I love, I, I don't hate anything, but I, I disgusted the fact that we would lose at anything. And I know I'm here in Kansas City, Missouri, but I'm going to say this. I was not very pleased when Kansas City beat Cincinnati. I mean, I'll just tell you the truth. I'm a Bengals fan. I was disgusted. I know everybody's saying God help him right now. <laughs> I, was, I was doing good until I brought up that. <laughs> Lisa's really giving me down the road. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah, <laughs> she said this is her last Sunday. So, see, you stick, you stick around me long enough, my true colors will come out. No, really, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, so they lost, but the Bengals are in the same conference. So, But you know what? I love that guy that plays quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. What a winner. What a winner. And I love to cheer for winners. Really doesn't matter the color of their jersey. Next Sunday, guess who I'll be rooting for? The Kansas City Chiefs. And everybody's... <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. I feel like I'm in a bad place this morning. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm a winner. Well, see, you became a winner when you said yes to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. <laughs> Unless a person understands and identifies these elements, which are the bread and the blood, unless you identify those with Calvary and what Christ has provided through these symbols, amen, and if you don't understand that, they're nothing more than symbols. They don't mean anything. But to a believer, whoo, to a believer who've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and has had the blood of Jesus applied to their lives and covered their sins. These mean everything. Oh, glory to God. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. The cup represents the blood of Jesus. It is not... The blood of Jesus. It represents the blood of Jesus. Now probably until Jesus comes back and takes the church home, this is probably the closest spiritually we'll ever get to what he stands for. Whew. My. 
Look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. And after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it. Why? In remembrance of me. Hallelujah. The blood washed away our sins. The blood broke the power and the bondage of sin. Look here at Hebrews chapter six, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Amen. What did it do? The blood what? Washed away our sins. The blood broke the power and bondage of sin. Look here at Hebrews 10 verse 16 through 18. Hebrews 10 verse 16 through 18. This is the covenant. Everybody say covenant. covenant. Now just as you entered into that marriage covenant, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you entered into what? Another covenant. Man, that's a whole other great teaching. I want to get in sometime this year, the blood covenant. But, but a covenant is a promise. Remember when Joe came up uh, last Sunday or a couple Sundays ago and we shook hands and we, we covenanted with each other. Now, the only way Joe and I can break that covenant is if he steps away from what he told me or I step away from what I told you. But whoever it would that may step away, the other is still in covenant. When you break covenant, you're the only one who broke it off, not God. God is still in covenant with you and I. Amen? This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws where? In their heart. See, folks, that's where the word goes. When, when I teach, when others come and teach, our main goal is to deposit the word in your heart or in your spirit. Because there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to go to that deposit box in your spirit, man, and you're going to say, God, I need to withdraw something. I need to withdraw some grace. I need to withdraw some love. I need to withdraw some what? Some kindness. Glory to God. This is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law or I will put my word in their heart and in their minds will I write it down. Until we download something in our heart, it's hard to transfer it up here. But when you do get it in your heart, get it in your spirit, that's when we begin to meditate on it. That's when we begin to ponder on it. That's when we begin to go over and over and over the things that God has done for us because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Verse 17. Hallelujah. And their sins, everybody say, my sin. My iniquities. Don't you just love the next part? Will I remember no more? Now, it seems like other people like to bring up my past. When really it's none of their business. My past, my past is none of your business. And I don't say that mean or ugly, but I just want to tell you the truth. My past is none of your business. So why would people want to think that they can intrude and walk through the blood of Jesus that has already covered 
my sin. Woo! Glory! Somebody ought to shout. (laughs) But it's the truth. I love this. You know, quit allowing people to drag your past back into the future. What it shows me and what it's showing about them, it seems like they have more faith in the past than they do with what God has already done for you and wants to do to you in the future. My life is not based on yesterday. My life is based on right now. Today, the Bible says, now faith is. When? Right now. When do you need help? Right now. When do you need God to save you? Right now. When do you need a healing? Right now. Now faith is the what? The substance of things hoped for. And it is what? The evidence of things not seen. Don't worry about not seeing it. It's on its way. Remember the prayer in Daniel? Daniel was getting a little bit uh, upset, and he prayed the word, and the Lord said, Daniel, don't worry about it. I heard you the first time you prayed. (laughs) Come on, that ought to make a sinner man smile. I used to be a sinner. I'm no longer. I've, I've been bought with a price. Can you say amen? One more verse here, verse 17. Now, where remission, listen to this. Now, where remission, remission means to take away. It's been remitted. It's been taken away. Your sins have been remitted. They've been taken away. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering of sin. What Jesus already did on the cross of Calvary, he's not going to come down here and do it again. He's not. He's not. He's already did it. He The reason he said there is no remission, there is no one like me, there is no one who can redeem you because I'm the one that brought it and because I'm the only one that there is, no one else can redeem your sin. It's in Jesus Christ. (laughs) The man from Galilee, or Nazareth, amen, who walked on the water on the Sea of Galilee. Amen. Glory to God. Let me get back to where I'm getting too excited here. I need to calm down. Glory to God. Participation unless we pursue. Amen. What Jesus Christ did in his redemption through the new birth. You and I as participants in communion. It can be nothing more than what? A ritual. A ritual. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. There's also provision. Remember that word provision. We need to understand that what he has done. He has provided For you and I. He has provided what you and I need to have at the cross of Calvary. He's provided it. The bread represents the broken body of Jesus. Look here at Isaiah chapter 53. The cup represented his blood. And look here. The bread represents the broken body of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. He will provide for you. I mean there's been in times when Barbara and I. In, in ourselves, we didn't know how we were going to make it. We didn't know how we were going to provide for our children. I mean, I've seen pink slips. I've had move-out notices. I've had people come and 
threatened me with all kind of things. If I didn't come up with the money, I've been there. You, you can't tell me any stories I haven't already experienced realistically. But he's a provider. I said he's a provider. I remember one Sunday in uh, Man, West Virginia. We were passing a little storefront church there. And uh, they, were, they were helping Barb and I with $25 a week. And, and we were thankful to get it. <laughs> Glory to God. And three teenagers, yeah. And uh, we, we were, we were kind of down on food. And uh, that morning I was preaching on faith and believing God in the midst of trouble. I mean, just because you're in the midst of trouble don't mean that God can't provide for you. And did you know before we got home, before, I don't know how, I still don't know how, before we got home, we had three giant trash bags full of food on our porch. He's a provider. I said, he's a provider. I didn't ask anybody to go out and buy me groceries. I didn't stand behind the pulpit that day and say, hey, Barbara and I are in need, and, and I don't know what we're going to do, and I, I, I don't know if we may be just starving to death. No, I did not. I stood on the Word, and I believed God. I believed God was my provider. Just like he'll provide for you today. Can you say amen? Isaiah 53, 5 says this. But he was what? He, Jesus. He was wounded for our what? Transgressions. All the mistakes that you made. He was wounded for you. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. All that we couldn't do. He did it for us. Thank God, isn't it good to know you can lay your head down on a pillow at night and be able to go to sleep and sweet peace can come? Turn it over. I think there used to be an old song sometimes, they turn it over to the Lord or something like that. I kind of come into my head there. But you need to turn it over. And if you don't turn it over to the Lord, you'll be up all night worrying about what you think God can't do. Give it to him. And then don't go and take it back. You got to believe God. That he is all that he says he is. And that he is what? A rewarder of those who what? Diligently. I mean you got to go after it. You got to be, be, be uh, like a dog on a bone or anything. You got to be diligent about it. Yeah, you just got to get sick of And then go after it. Go get it. Glory to God. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, he might, he might heal us if he, if, he, if, if he lets it. Maybe I'll come and heal you. I don't know. Maybe if you'll, if you'll be faithful. Maybe if you'll pray a little more, I might come and heal you. Folks, let me tell you something. He didn't say anything. things. Because you know what? He's expecting you and I to do all those things. <laughs> He's expecting you to be faithful. He's expecting you to pray. He's expecting you to read the word because there is life in none other than God's holy word. 
Can you say amen? (laughs) And upon him and with his stripes, we are what? We're healed. Glory to God. The blood washed away our sins. Amen. We know that. We read that in Hebrews 10, 16, 18. Well, there's preparation with faith rising. How many of you know faith can rise up? In our hearts. We need to always remember that when we take part of communion today, we need to be ready to go and do something. Look here in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Preparation. Amen. With faith. Everybody say faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, like I'm giving you today, I'm presenting you the word. And as you receive the word, what happens? Faith comes. Faith comes. We're learning about the purpose of communion. Preparate with faith rising from your heart. Always partake of communion. Ready. Everybody say, ready. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that over the last 50 years at our house before I leave the house. Barb! You know what I'm going to say next. Are you ready? I don't think in 50 years, honey, you've ever beat me to the car. No, I don't think I have. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love this lady. Be ready. Come on. Look at the person next to you and say, are you ready? Come on. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look here in Exodus 12, beginning in verse 3, and we're going to Exodus 12. Here's our next scripture. Exodus 12, beginning in verse 3, we're going to go all the way through verse 14. But listen, listen to this story. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. Very familiar story. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for every house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count of the lamb. In other words, if there's a small family, that share it together. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Thank God our lamb was. I said, thank God our lamb was. Glory to God. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up. In other words, keep an eye on it. Maybe they kept it tied up. I don't know, whatever. Or in a place where they could watch it. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. In other words, in the evening, we're all going to do this together. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the house where they shall eat it. Now, you've seen this illustration before. What, what, what God's telling them to do, when you kill that animal, I want you to take some, some blood and take, the Bible says, some hyssop, and I want you to slop it all over your doorposts, up this side, up that side, and over here. Is that correct? That's what he's talking about. Let's go on here. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw. He's telling you what to do, nor sodden it all. Of course, we're not under those laws like this anymore. Eat not of the raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. 
And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall do what? Burn it. Do away with it. Do away with it. And thus shall you eat it. Are you ready? (laughs) This is how we ought to partake of communion today. Are you ready? You don't know what God's going to talk to you about after you leave here today to go do or to go visit or who to call or what to do. But he said he's trying to get over. When you get ready and when you partake it up, partake of it, you need to be what? Ready. Look at that person again to you and say, are you ready? Come on. Are you ready? Come on, church. Are we ready? Are we ready to take another step? Are we ready to go into something we may not be used to? Are we ready to go? Glory to God. And thus shall you eat it with what? Your loins girded about. You know what? Put your clothes on. Get ready. You don't go outside and not get dressed. Well, unless you go to Walmart. You know, it's it's different. (laughs) I love Walmart. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You laugh. So I, I know you're thinking the same thing I am. My goodness. Couldn't they at least put some clothes on before they come to the store? Sorry. <laughs> and thus shall you eat it with your what? Your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat in haste. It is what? The Lord's Passover. He's passing over. That's what that dinner was all about. He was going to Pass over if he what? Saw the blood. Where? On the doorpost. On the doorpost. And when he saw the blood, he passed over. Oh, glory to God. Can you say amen? (laughs) Verse 13. Oh, no, here, 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt tonight. He may come tonight. He may come in the morning. But are you ready? Do you have your spiritual clothes on? Do you have your spiritual shoes on? Do you have that spiritual staff in your hand? I mean, I would say this, this, this right now. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. But you know what? That's selfish. Because there are millions and millions of people out there who haven't accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. Yes, I'm ready. But I want others to go with me. Yes, we're ready. But how many of you have family members in your household right now that if Jesus came in the morning, unless they would repent or go back to God, they're going to be left behind? Folks, I know hell isn't mentioned very much in pulpits today. Really, heaven isn't mentioned that much. But you know what? There are two choices. Just two. And the good thing about God is, He's going to give you the opportunity to choose. He said, are you going to choose life, which is me, or are you going to choose death, which is unbelief, living a life of lies and doubt, being under the thumb of this man called the adversary? Because I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to pass through tonight. I'm going to pass through the the land tonight and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. All the firstborn. Both man and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will. Listen, man, it's kind of like we talked about in Sunday school class. What did he say he would do? 
I will execute judgment. I will execute judgment. God said he would take care of it. I will execute judgment. Let's go on here. And the blood. Everybody say the blood. See, we're not just talking. This is not something minor. He shed this blood for you. His body was marred beyond recognition. The historian Josephus, who was a living historian, a Jew, during the time and life of Jesus, and he said this, Jesus' body was so marred that you couldn't recognize who he was when they finished. If you knew him before, you couldn't recognize him. That's what Calvary was really like. It was bloody. It was bloody. And the blood shall be to you for a token. In other words, I'm, I'm going I'm to, you know how you use a token to get in somewhere? Well, what Jesus is saying is, I've made a way for you to come in. <laughs> and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, oh, glory to God. Somebody say, when he sees the blood. Oh, I'm glad to know if he were to come tonight. I live where I live now. We've already applied the blood to the doorpost. And I, still, I know I don't have to do that. But I, I'm telling you. Spiritually, my wife and I, we've got the blood applied to the doorposts of our life. We carry the blood with us wherever we go, wherever we enter into a place. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me and makes me whole. Glory to God. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Woo! And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. Remember? A memorial. Something we can remember. We're talking about the purpose of communion. We must remember, Joe. This day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout, throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Well, pastor, how come we just do it once a month? Well, there's no stipulation how often we need to do it. But he did say when you do do it, remember why you're doing it. Remember why you're doing it. Be ready. Getting ready to close. When the blood is applied to the doors of your spiritual house, the enemy no longer has any control over you. Look at John 5. John 5. John 5, 24. See, folks, this will cause you to walk in victory. I said this will cause you to walk in victory. Amen. John 5, 24, when the blood is applied, the doors of your spiritual house, the enemy no longer has any control over you. Folks, you all realize that, that all of our teaching on Wednesday night, the authority of the believer, it, it is given towards you to realize who you are in Christ and that the devil cannot bully you any longer. John 5, 24, amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that what? Heareth, heareth. Heareth. Everybody say, heareth. Heareth. 
A lot of people in the world today, they're sitting and they're listening, but they're not hearing. Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word. Because when you hear something, if you don't believe it, it's not done you any good. No, you just heard it. Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth. And believeth on who? Him that sent me. Talking about God. That's Jesus. Hath what? Everlasting life. And what? Shall not come into condemnation. But is what? Passed from what? Death unto life. Whoa! I'm living a life that should be full of life. Why? Because he gave it to me. Well, Pastor, why am I having so much trouble? Why is the devil knocking on my door every day? Well, I don't know. Everybody's different. I would have to sit down and have a long counseling session with you, and I believe we can come to something, some kind of agreement in the Word, but I'll tell you one thing it's not. It's not God. It's not because you're spending too much time with God. Amen. Amen. I said, Amen. Now look here at First John chapter three. First John chapter three, verse fourteen. First John chapter three, verse fourteen. We know. Well, how can you know? Amen. Do you hear me? How do we know? We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because, well, this is the reason. How do you know you've been born again? How do you know you've been passed from death to life? It says, because we love the brethren. Now, I don't think that just means people who have been saved. If it did, then probably we wouldn't do much witnessing or much evangelizing. There's something that rises up in you that causes you to love people even though they've done you wrong. Yes. Pastor, you just don't understand my situation. I don't have to understand your situation. You need to understand who the God is that you're serving. Glory to God. We know that we've passed from death into life because we love the brother. Amen. There's a love that comes up on the inside of believers when they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now, how many of you know this? I, I, I don't believe that God, when he said this, meant that just because you're born again and love God, that everybody ought to run over you. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I know that's tough. I said, I know that's tough. But we know we've passed from death into life because when these things happen, my reaction to what is about to take place in my life has to be bigger than the situation that just happened. My reaction. How I react to it. Glory to God. Well... Pastor, you just don't understand. They smacked me and I just hold off and cold cocked them. Well, no. No, they may have deserved that. But no, that don't mean that uh, just because someone has done you wrong, you're going to do them wrong. 
Amen. And I'm just like you. There are times when I've said, God, that ain't, that ain't right. That ain't fair. They treated me this way. I think I'll just treat them the same way. No. 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 Look at the person next to you and say, no. 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 Isn't that tough? <laughs> Whole nother teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's look at this. We know that we pass from death and life because we love the brethren. He that loveth, he that loveth not his brother, amen, abideth in death. Glory. Now, there's a, there's a love we're talking about here. It's talking about God's love. Agape love. The God kind of love. You know, it's like God's faith. It's the God kind of faith. There's only one kind. God's going to love us regardless. God's going to love me regardless of how ugly I am to you. He is. He's going to love me. And he's going to love you regardless of how you talk about me, how you treat me. God's going to love you anyway. Can't help himself. He's love. It's what he stands for. That's what he's all about. Amen. Uh, that's it. Just as God told the children of Israel to eat the Passover with their loins girded and their shoes and their feet and their staff and hand and were commanded to put on the whole armor of God, so are we. And again, we'll go back to the point that says, I would never leave house unless I was dressed. Never leave the house unless I was dressed. Can you say amen? Are we leaving our homes dressed Properly. Look here at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And you probably know where I'm going. But when you're properly dressed, how many of you know that's when you can fight the adversary? When you're properly dressed. I used to tell my kids all the time during winter. I said, do you know what winter coats are for? Yeah, Dad. We wear them to keep warm. I said, do you know why that zipper's on there? You know why those buttons are on there? Yeah, Dad, to keep us warm. My kids never got the flu, never got a cold, never got anything their whole life. Why? Because we instructed them how to live. When it's cold, you put a coat on, you zip it up. You don't go outside sweating and no shoes on or no socks and expect things like that. No, that's what we did. You do what you want to do. But then I don't ever remember our kids being sick their whole life. Never. I hovered over them like God hovers over me. But yet they had a freedom to make their own decisions, make their own choices in life. But look here at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, my brother, what? Be strong. God wants you to be strong. And you need to tell yourself that. Pastor, I just don't know what I'm doing. I just feel so weak. Well, quit feeling weak. Don't go by your feelings. Go by what you know. Finally, my brother, be strong. How? In the Lord and in the power of his might. No, you can't be strong in yourself. But I tell you what, you can surely be strong in his might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. God has sent us a way to dress when we face the world. Put on the whole armor of God that you what? 
may be able to do what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. Guess what? When you're not dressed properly, what area does he attack? The part of you that you didn't dress. Glory to God. (laughs) Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If it was, we could, you know, we could wrestle and we can, we, we could grab them and, and take a hold of them and all these things. But against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, how many of you know on Wednesday night, we have authority over that. We have authority over that. And his name was Satan. Hallelujah. God gave us victory over that. Verse 13. Wherefore, he's telling you, now I'm going to tell you what to do to be a winner. I'm going to tell you what to do when you go outside. I'm going to tell you what to do when you face the world. How many of you know we ought to do what he tells us to do? Glory to God. I used to tell my kids that all the time. I said, kids, you'll never, and I mean never, you'll never get in trouble if you do what I tell you. But they didn't always listen. So guess what? They got in trouble. They got in trouble because he didn't listen. When was the last time you got in trouble? And I can guarantee you this. The last time you got in trouble was because you didn't do what? Listen to what you were told. <laughs> Wherefore, taking you the whole armor of God, that you what may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to do what? Stand. When it gets tough, what do you do? You stand some more. When you get tired, what do you do? You stand some more. When you don't want to go anymore, what do you do? You stand some more. When you have a bad golf shot, what do you do? You keep shooting. When you just keep shooting. And guess what? One of these days, you'll get a shot, and that one shot will bring you out again the next time. Just like God, He will do that for you when you what? Stand. (laughs) Stand therefore with your loins. He's got every bit covered. Your whole body. He's got every bit of you covered. Have your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with what? The preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. God's gospel will protect you. Above all, take what? The shield of faith. Where we shall be able to what? Quench. Oh, here comes another one. Oh, don't you dare leave home without taking your shield with you. Whoa, here comes another one. Why? Throw it up in front of you. Amen. (laughs) And take the helmet of salvation. Man, you got to protect this. Amen. And what else? The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Glory to God. As we prepare our hearts to receive communion this morning as partners. Folks, Barb and I want you to know we're your partners. We've partnered with you. We've partnered with you right here at Hope Through Grace Fellowship. We've partnered with you. We want to be your partners in whatever it is God wants you to do. Partners with Jesus. Let us be ready. Come on now. Let us be ready. When we partake of communion, to take action and be all God has intended us to be.
Glory to God. Come on, honey. Barbara and I are going to do it a little bit different today. Of course, you probably already found that out about us. We do things a little different. (laughs) So we're going to serve you communion. Then I'm going to read a scripture. But if you'd like to partake of communion. Now, who's communion for? I want want to uh, caution you on taking communion. Not to the point to get you not to take it. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and asked him to be the Lord of your life, then you have a right to partake of everything that I've been talking about today. Everything. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, I would be cautious to come and partake of this because remember what I said? It'll be no more to you than bread and juice. But to those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what happened on the cross, this is just as real as Jesus gets. So if you'd like to partake of communion, anyone from this side can come and we're asking you to come and I'm going to step out in front of this aisle and Barb can step out in front of that aisle. If you'd like to partake of communion, I'm asking you to come and partake of communion today. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Take your time. What a privilege we have. When everybody is served, I'll pray and we'll all take it as partners. Glory to God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're blessed. Thank you. Thank you for coming today.